Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez back uh, from death's door. Oh my gosh, I had the worst sickness ever. Thank you for coming in the next day. Mm-hmm. Yes. The minute you can walk. Thank I mean, you. I felt like that was just like a dedicated worker. Thank you. I do not have a fever. I'm fever free. I feel good. much better. Good, good. I'm good. Back to work. You're welcome for being a dedicated worker, Mr. Glenn Beck. No, uh, that's stupid dedication. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's stupid dedication. Because mm-hmm. then we all get sick. And then we're all, see what I mean? Uh-huh. I'm yeah. not showing up. I'm, I'm saying home. <laughs> yeah, moving on, uh, I would like to welcome Mr. Steve Dace to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Steve Dace from uh, the Steve Dace Show, a fellow Blaze TV host. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. And I'm already on antibiotics for a sinus infection, so you can't touch me. See, so he's good. Stu, wow. you're totally screwed here. Oh, yeah. Okay, but yeah. 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 Actually, you're downwind, brother, but I'm, I'm the fine. old man. The old yes. guys are always the one like, I got pneumonia. <laughs> Stu was Those sick plants last ain't going to save you now. Yeah. Yeah. Stu was sick last week, so who's to say he wasn't the one who oh, gave it to uh, me first? Luckily, I'm still pretty much sick, so, you know, it's, uh, I'm in a, it's a good shape. We're in a good shape. Uh, here, <laughs> All right, Glenn, what's the top story for you? Uh, top story is what I saw at the State of the Union and what is acceptable to the left. All right, still. Uh, is fact-checking completely dead? Okay. Uh, How about we protect unborn cows and gypsy moths, but kill live human children? Oh. Let's roll that way. Sounds like an interesting idea. I like that. Uh, A lot to get into, but first we want to thank our sponsor, American Financing. Glenn, uh, you have an interesting story with them because they came to you wanting to advertise for your show. and Yeah, they wanted to be an advertiser on the radio show uh, in 2007. And I said, no, I don't think so. And they said, why? And I said, because I don't do uh, endorsements for any financial institution because uh, I think it's about to collapse. And they said, we do too. And I said, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. And they said, but we don't do it that way. And I said, "Uh uh-huh. And I said, I tell you what, after the collapse, you call me. And if you're still in, in, in good health, I'll consider it. Blowing it off, thinking it's, no, I'm never gonna hear from these people again. Uh, they called me. They called me in, I think, like October of 2008 when it was just bloody. And they were like, we're good. <laughs> and the reason why they were good is they do not do it. They don't try to sell you a mortgage. They actually go out, they listen to you, and then they go out and they find the best mortgage on what you are looking for. Mm-hmm. So they're not, tr- they're not on you know, commissions or anything else from the bank. So they just get the right mortgage for people. And they don't involve themselves in the slimy stuff that the other banks do. Um, they're not a bank. They're just somebody that's going to make sure that you have the right mortgage for your home. So uh, if you are in the market for a mortgage, go to AmericanFinancing.net or you can call 800-906-2440. All right, Glenn. So I have been saying for a long time, hey, I think these people are socialists. Hey, I think these people are bad. Now, when I said that under Obama, of course, I was a racist for bringing that up. Um, And I said at the time, they're going to tear their mask off. They want to tell you. They believe it, and they're tired of being undercover. They want to tell you. And they will take their masks off, and they will say, yeah, that's right. I am a socialist because this doesn't work. we got to try something new. And I've known how vicious they are because I've been on the receiving end of it for a long time. I, I, you know, you watch what they're doing on abortions and you can see that, uh, you know, they may not be in league with somebody who is going upstairs after death. (laughs) And, uh, and then I saw them in a pack 
and I watched the chamber um, in the State of the Union, and I watched the two sides. These guys are all just like, they're so uptight. Everybody's like, you know, sitting around like, hey, Bob, how are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm good, Susan. I'm looking the caricature of a white guy in a gangster rap album. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was really uncomfortable. <laughs> this was the women in white, the progressive women in white. Uh, that was like a, I don't even know, a college reunion or after a college reunion. The arrogance, the um, party atmosphere, uh, the um, hand signals between each other, the eyes, the elbows, the mocking, the hissing. And, and, and um, Cortez... And that group, especially the ones that was sitting on the on the bench with her, there were about eight of them. That I mean, you could feel the not good things coming from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was palpable. Uh, who is it? Kamal? Uh, no, not Kamal. Um, uh, who's the woman from Minnesota? The new um, o- Omar. Omar. Uh, yeah. Um, sh- I watched her. She was she was also in white towards the back, and. I witnessed her, and, 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 and the good way of telling this story is she was just so bored out of her mind, and she was no longer listening anymore, and she was just spaced. But when they were talking about the story of the synagogue and the guy who got shot, um, she stood up, everybody stood up, she, she stood up, and she clapped like this. Mm. And she just stared at him. And it was so weird the way she was standing looking at him mm. that I looked down and I noticed her. And, and she was just doing this. And you could tell she was in a zone of some sort. And uh, everybody stopped clapping. And she still did this for a while. And then she stopped. Everybody sat down. And she stood there for a while. And then she sat down. It was bizarre. It was bizarre. Um, you know, the, the not-so-kind telling of that story uh, was that she was fascinated by the guy who would stop, you know, people from shooting at a synagogue. Um, you know, her, her anti-Semitism has, you know, been on display in the past. I don't know what that was, but it was bizarre. Um, and then... They can treat people this way. They can not stand for this trying to stop a baby who has been born to try to save their life. Uh, and then they can go on television. And who's Jamal? What's her name? Oh, Jamal. Jamal Hill. Jamal Hill. I'm not a sports fan, so I've, I don't no. know who she is. Yeah, I've no, never heard that. Don't worry. Neither is Jamal. Yeah. So we have something in common. Yeah. So here's what she said. Uh, she writes for The Atlantic. Um, and here's what she said. Somebody tweeted out, let AOC yell out, whose man's is this? I don't know what that means, but she responded. I just love hearing you read it. <laughs> no, I'm, Can you do that again? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. yeah, no, I, I am, you know, this better brings me back to the days when I lived in the hood. You're from the streets. Um, uh, yeah, I, I am. I am. So, uh, so Jamel writes, nah. She's got to yell, get your... Oh, wait. You missed you miss yeah, that. It's, it's not, oh, sorry. not Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, she got to yell, <laughs> get your hand out my pocket. <laughs> now, most people won't know what that means. I didn't know which either one of the phrases. Didn't know. I still don't know the first one. Uh, but the second one, 
comes from the last few seconds of Martin, uh, or sorry, of Malcolm X's life. Here it is from the movie. Watch what happens. Assalamu alaikum. Get your hand out of my pocket! Get your hand out of my pocket! Brother, please hold. Calm down, please. Oh, it's a Oh, you didn't. So you keep playing it. I wish you'd keep playing it. Uh, it is a merciless uh, gunning down of Malcolm X. What "get your hand out my pocket" means is that guy said that to create the initial distraction. You saw then somebody else got up put a smoke bomb out that caused everybody to panic. He was causing all the security to rush to him away from Malcolm X. So when she said, no, he's got to say, get your hand out my pocket, she's saying that would give people a chance to assassinate Mm -hmm. President Trump. And this from a, a woman who works for The Atlantic, who I think just fired somebody for... Uh, having a, a quote taken out of context that was like 10 years old, Kevin Williamson. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't seem to have a problem with this. The left doesn't have a problem with this. Twitter doesn't have a problem with this. Why? Because what I saw on the floor with those women in, right, in, in white, they were so arrogant because the elites in media are all really with her. They're not with Pelosi. She's not radical enough. They're with her. And there is a shield of protection over that group. Um, May I just say, I, um, as you know, my last name is Gonzalez. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, I do have some street cred. And I would just like to point out that uh, whose mans is this just means, like, who wants to claim this Yahoo is basically what that means. Like, who wants, who wants to claim this guy? Who wants okay. to claim this clown? Okay. Just so that we're clear. Get your hand out my pocket. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Um, all right. You know what? I want, to, I want to make sure that we have time for everyone's top stories, and I think yours kind of go hand in hand together. So let's go ahead and take a break, and we'll be back. Can you explain more phrases to us? <laughs> um, I can. <laughs> Before we get back into the conversation, I want to thank our sponsor, Cosmo Hurts Kids. Um, so, Steve, I don't know if you've noticed, but Cosmo uh, is complete garbage. And uh, you go to the checkout line at the grocery store, and the headlines just on the front cover are appalling. Mm-hmm. You're pitching to the wrong person. He's a fan of Cosmo. Look at him. Is yes. he? He's like <laughs> Under target demo. Yeah. <laughs> 45-year-old guy wearing a Darth Vader shirt yeah. to work. Yes. <laughs> I'm all over it. Yes. Um, but, you know, I've talked about this before, but, you know, my six-year-old is learning to read. Right. And the front page of Cosmo is literally the last thing I want him reading. Well, I've got daughters at home. I've got a 17 or it's 17 and a 13-year-old. Okay. And so it's already to the point where you go to part of the mall and I have to walk my son around the Victoria's Secret store <laughs> because there's basically a woman in a stripper getup and a full mural that's going to beg all kinds of questions. He's not ready for the answers yeah. for yet. <laughs> and now you have the same thing in the supermarket line when you see Cosmo sitting there with some of the headlines that they have. And you know, it used to be just it used to be just the pictures which are so Bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, my I, my daughter uh, used my uh, my iPad and she was you know taking videos and making slime and everything else. And I caught her uh, have her picture. She took a selfie, and 
and I noticed that she took it and she did this. Oh, the little duck <laughs> the face? The duck face. The yeah. little lips, and mm-hmm. I thought, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. no, don't do that, don't mm-hmm. do that, don't fall into that culture, please. Yeah. yeah. Um, But Victoria Hearst, who is a member of the Hearst family who owns Cosmopolitan Magazine, uh, she has started a campaign to make Cosmopolitan Magazine uh, fall under the states it's harmful for minors laws, which means that um, if you're under 18, you can't get the copy of Cosmopolitan. You don't have access to it. You don't have to, uh, you know, see the front cover and see all the garbage that's plastered on there for our young children to read and be indoctrinated. So if you'd like to hear more about this campaign, go to CosmoHurtsKids.com. Learn more about it. Support the cause. Um, I think we can all agree that our children are, you know, they're only young once and we want to keep them innocent for as long as possible. So that's CosmoHurtsKids.com. Dot com. Uh, Stu, fact-checking. Yes, I've actually started a site, uh, New York Times Factchecks HurtKids.com. <laughs> uh, so I would urge you to join my cause. Um, this is uh, an amazing thing. I was, uh, I, I'm a big fan of the uh, State of the Union being a letter. I want it back to a letter. No more speeches. Um, like the old days. And so I kind of decided to p- put that into effect this year, which was to read the transcript rather than watch the whole speech in the nine hours of applause. Yeah, you see some of the highlights, but I really read most of it. And I decided to read it on the New York Times website with their live fact-checking, which was a really gigantic mistake. Um, so I was fascinated by the what they were fact-checking out of this. This one first, uh, about the border. What is the window they're trying to fit in here? Here it is. Uh, President Trump described illegal border crossing as an urgent national crisis. This is false. Okay, so it's not a crisis, right? Mm -hmm. Unless, of course, you read the last paragraph, which says, a record number of families have tried to cross the border in recent months, overwhelming officials at the border, and creating a new kind of humanitarian crisis. So they're saying that it's false, that it's an urgent national crisis, but it is a new kind of humanitarian crisis on the border that's overwhelming officials. I don't know what their what their justification is. Maybe they don't think it's national or they don't think it's urgent. But, I mean, it certainly is a crisis. That's the word they used. Um, the abortion one was uh, just as bad, if not worse. Uh, here's their uh, quote from, uh, from Trump. Uh, lawmakers in New York cheered with delight upon the passage of legislation that would allow a baby to be ripped from the mother's womb moments from birth. How do they say that this is misleading in this particular case? Well, it does not broadly allow abortions until shortly before birth. Well, he didn't say it, it broadly, broadly allowed them. He never said that, um, as Mr. Trump suggested, which he didn't suggest. Uh, instead, it will allow for an abortion after 24 weeks to protect the mother's health. Now, this is something, of course, so they're saying uh, he said it would allow it after in the last moment, moments before birth. And then their explanation is it will allow them uh, in case of a w- woman's health uh, exemption. This, of course, works on a lot of people because most people don't know. Uh, if you're, unless you're listening to talk radio every day, you're reading conservative stuff, you're, you know, if you're in that world, you might know these things. But, you know, the, what, the health of the mother is something that makes sense to the average person. Yeah. yeah, I don't mean I don't want her to be damaged if she's going through health problems. It's like a tough situation. And I, I can understand that argument. The problem here, though, is that health of the, uh, of the mother, of course, is a very broad exemption. And in fact, here is the quote of how broad it is. Quote, all factors Physical, emotional, psychological, familial, and the, the woman's age relevant to the well-being of the patient. I mean, familial can mean anything. My cousin's upset that I'm having a baby is enough of a reason to get a ninth-month abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, so, it's such a travesty, um, the way that they cover these things. And instead of just being honest and saying, look, 
this is what we want. We want it to, to the last minute, and we're going to stand up behind it. Occasionally, you'll see these people, like NARAL will do this. Like, you know, it used to be safe, legal, and rare. NARAL's like, screw rare. You know what? We just want it to be safe and legal. Shout your abortion. Shout your abortion, right? Yeah. In some ways, oddly, I respect that viewpoint, because at least they're being honest right. about it. Mm-hmm. At least they're being honest about what the, Yes, we're killing children. Yes, okay, yes. That's why I like PETA. I hate their tactics. Yeah. I right. hate what they what they how how they say the things they do. Yeah. But I strangely have respect for them because they don't care mm-hmm. about global warming. Um, uh, when it comes to cars, the number one cause of science say is is food mm-hmm. right. from animals. What what are you doing? Let's so they, stop they raising even, the cows. And they yeah. even criticized Al Gore, and mm-hmm. even though you know, Al Gore would be on his side, I'm sure on most things, until you know they basically shamed him into becoming vegan after a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean. The fact checks are ridiculous. You know, I, I uh, am of the opinion that occasionally Donald Trump says things that you can actually fact check and he's not true. I've noticed. You've noticed yeah. this occasionally, have, Steve? Yeah. Um, so I don't know why you need to reach for things like this. Agreed. These are both very sensible things that he told the truth about completely. And to try to fact check that, to call it false, just so you can back up your own talking points, is this is the problem with their media. Well, I think that's the that last line. Uh, see, I, I think... Media bias, as we've known it, is gone. Mm. Uh, you know, everybody loves Jake Tapper. Okay, I see you. Tw- I've, I've seen you like share Jake. his stuff, and I like Jake too. Mm. Like Jake him. Tapper is who Sam Donaldson used to be. Mm. Jake Tapper is is, in my view, if you look at the the terminology he uses, it's all from the premise of the left. Okay, so Jake Tapper to me is what a liberally biased journalist is. He's actually a professional. He's actually a journalist. He's trying. He, yeah, he, to, yeah. Right. So, so he, but he's coming at it from a liberal viewpoint. Yeah. He just doesn't have a tendency to put up with anybody's BS in the process. Right. What you're describing is not is not journalism. It's narrative casting. It's newspeak. And I think you know you're the world traveler here. I like to watch videos of it from my basement, but you actually go places. <laughs> so when you, if you were in France and there was a big trade dispute between the U.S. and France going on, and you turned on French television. Would you expect to be getting the, the premise of the arguments from the U.S.'s position on French television? Would you expect that? No. No. See, we have to understand there are two Americas, but not the way that we think there are. There are there's the left America, and then there's what's left of America. And so the, the places where most of legacy media locates are really a hostile nation. They're not biased. They're hostile. So they're giving the hostile government's position on these matters, which you just which you put up on the screen. The New York Times did to President Trump is what you would expect the French news agency to do to the U.S. president in order to, you know, deconstruct or dissemble his views on this trade dispute and put their nation's views up in the forefront. So we're way beyond bias. We are talking about open narrative casting and hostility from a foreign from the foreign government's media's perspective. That's why they're that's why they don't have to do self-awareness. That's why they don't have to do hypocrisy, any of that stuff, because they're putting forth their own version of Russia today. Um, And Steve, uh, on that note, I know we're talking about fact checking on abortion. um, And I believe that you your top story is about abortion and just the hypocrisy of the left. Right. I mean, so we saw New York state uh, two weeks ago, you know, essentially cheer. Like the, you know, like the Valley of Ben-Hinnom, the Colta Molek, you know, their governor a couple weeks ago. The state neighboring them, New Jersey, is considering legislation that would protect unborn cows because animal rights. <laughs> and, and Delegate Tran, who became a household name last week for pondering for about three seconds whether to go ahead and kill a child when the mother's dilating and then says, knock yourself out. Um, she put forth legislation that would actually, this is her legislation in Virginia. And same day. Same day that would put forth protections for gypsy moths 
uh, and, and other, I'm, I don't, I'm not up on my taxonomy from my college days, so I'm not sure all the phylums, but I think these would be invertebrate animals, okay? So she's interested in protecting uh, invertebrate animals that have more in common with amoebas and protozoas than human beings. And I think that just goes to show, you know, we have a situation in my home state of Iowa where we had a ban on if there's a heartbeat detected, you can't kill a person, which just seems like common sense. One of the first things they use to determine if a being is alive is what? Is there a heartbeat, right? So if if there's a heartbeat, you can't kill this person. Uh, The Planned Parenthood took it, obviously, to state court. The state judge literally wrote in his briefing that the the defendant, which was the pro-life side, could make no credible argument for why an abortion should not take place if a heartbeat is detected. (laughs) And and so what, what we have to come to grips with is, you know, there's the great monologue Donald Pleasance gives in the first Halloween movie about Michael Myers. He cannot be stopped. He cannot be contained. He cannot be killed. Just go, this is this rant. That's what you're dealing with with these leftists that are really, this is really paganism. The, the new progressivism is the old paganism. And they, they won't be coddled, mollified. You can't talk them off the ledge. You can't m- negotiate. They just want to be able to have the authority to kill these children when they want to kill them, regardless of which arguments you make. It's just a strange priority. It is. It I just, is. It's hard to be, because I mean, you can understand backing up your political view, <clears throat> excuse me, and you get down these roads where you're defending your position, no matter what it is. <clears throat> but, like, when your de- position is arguing in favor of millions, tens of millions of people not being alive that should be alive, mm-hmm. that is a strange set of priorities. Man. I think That's the weird. problem is is that, uh, you know, at the, when they discuss the final solution, not everybody at the table was excited about it. Some were like, wait a minute, but it was too late for them to speak up. Mm -hmm. All right, back in a minute. Uh, I, along with uh, many of you, were very shocked and saddened to hear the news of the passing of our good friend and former colleague, Doc Thompson. Um, Doc was always a very, very kind-hearted, good, good friend to me. I remember when we were first starting the show, I didn't know these two guys very well, and uh, I was convinced that Pat hated me. He does. Um, Does he? Okay, thank you for clarifying. But but so do we. Thank you. Well, Doc didn't. Um, He was always very kind, always there to give me advice, gave me my first radio hosting opportunity, and for that I will be forever grateful, and I know that he will be uh, making our Lord Jesus laugh uh, until we meet again. Thanks for watching. Alrighty, that is it, ladies and gentlemen, the end of the morning blaze. But before we go, as always, let's find out. We learned today. Book a Woodrow Wilson hearing aid. Hey, revenge tweeting is not good. That's not nice. It's really funny, though. Here we go. Coming out. New shootout. Nine. Coming up next, you want to go and go to those. We're uh, broadcasting from the the studios in Dallas today. Okay, this is unexpected in a prop closet. We'll get to the new numbers on procrastination. Do you want me to step in in here? You got one. Uh, you should give me a finger. Uh, <laughs>
I gave you a finger. <laughs> we're just cleaning I up. I know what you want to do. We're just cleaning up. No, that's you're not. That's you're going to, I don't know, make a sweater out of my hair and sell it. Chris Cruz joining us now for the Cruiseville Library. Oh. Uh, the Cruiseville Library. Are you prepared for the storm? We are prepared, Doc Thompson. I don't think people... To. I got four extra pairs of clippers to trim hair in places that I didn't even know existed. Oh, darn it. I need to get uh, the new numbers on procrastination. The nice mm-hmm. thing about the Bloody Mary is mm-hmm. it gives you an excuse to drink at breakfast. She doubled down, tripled down, <laughs> quadrupled down, went could... home, regrouped, and downed Down again. again. I didn't get the new numbers on procrastination. Uh, See, billionaires are a problem. Millionaires, oh, that's okay. Yeah. I'm going to go make myself a sandwich or something. <laughs> I could have danced all night. La la. The idea, though, too, that um, that you get that so many people don't is that, yes, you can start a business. You can find a source of income. And I love your attitude that says, no, I want as many people to to start businesses you're you're giving veterans something to do something mm-hmm. to, you know to, to focus on something good to, to help yeah. six separate tyrannus good night steve cannon wherever, wherever you, you are. are anya now you go home up next enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters available exclusively for podcast listeners and blaze tv subscribers not a subscriber start your free trial at blaze tv.com before we move on we want to thank our sponsor mercury real estate so glenn started this uh, real estate company not that you've had any experience traveling Right. Moving. Uh, Yeah, moving. Um, I have moved, I don't know how many times in my life uh, because of radio for the most part. This is the longest I think I've ever lived in a city is here right now. Really? Yeah. Never lived this long. About, uh, I think I get about the three to four year itch and uh, because I've always moved ever since I was a kid. And, um, And it's always a hassle and it's always sucks. And when you're selling your house... You know, you don't know how to price your house to get it to move. You never, you know, you, who do you know? You're usually ending up with a, you know, oh, my cousin has a real estate, and it sucks. So And we, they dabble in it, right? Yeah, I know. Just do it part-time. part-time <laughs> yeah. Which is the worst thing you could do. So anyway, um, we, uh, we started uh, realestateagentsitrust.com. And it's not a real estate company. It's, it's more of a, a matchmaking service um, because people don't know who to hire. And... Even the good ones, or the ones, the names that you know are the ones that promote themselves. That's not helpful for you. That's not helpful. That's just, that's just making you aware that, oh, they're a real estate agent, top of mind. I'll let them sell my house. Mm-hmm. The real real estate agents are the ones who put money in promoting your house and getting your house sold. Not promoting them, but promoting the house. Um, and there's a real difference. And we went and looked for the best and the most uh, the uh, the most successful in the area, and so when you go to realestateagentsitrust.com, all you do is you say, "I want to sell my house. Here's my zip code, my town." Somebody calls you back within an hour. Usually, it's within minutes, uh, and we put you in touch with the real estate agent in your area that we think is is the best one out there. Yeah, that is realestateagentsitrust.com. Uh, for those of you who are um, Wanting to do something uh, to help Doc Thompson's family. He had a a beautiful wife, and he has three beautiful children. Uh, So for those of you who want to do something to help out, support them, they do have a GoFundMe. 
Uh, it is listed below. It's GoFundMe.com slash Doc-Thompson. Um, and, you know, any, any help that you can give if you're so inclined, uh, I know that the family would be much, much appreciative of that. I will tell you that um, he left here uh, just a few months ago. And he put all of his money into a venture because he was an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally every dime that he had went into that. His wife has a job, um, but um, I was in a meeting today and um, we were talking about it. And the head of the company said, because I said he just left, he just left. And insurance would have helped, right? And um, he said, yeah, I've been thinking about it. And you know, even though he wasn't an employee of ours at the time, and insurance won't help out. Um, uh, the company is going to um, write the check the insurance company would have written for his family as well. And we're doing something this weekend. Uh, all weekend long, we're playing the best of Doc Thompson. Um, yeah, and we're trying to uh, ask anybody who has watched this network and has watched Doc all these years uh, to just... Uh, help out on the GoFundMe. It's nothing that we put together. Um, I know Mercury One did put something together. I don't know all about it. I think it's a college scholarship, scholarship fund. fund yeah. um, but uh, the GoFundMe page, we urge you to go. Uh, and if he made you laugh or think or be a better person just once, just give $5. Um, and we're going to miss him. Yeah, he will be uh, greatly missed. Um, <clears throat> so... Representative Omar, you mentioned her earlier in the show. Yep. Did you see her uh, her initial reaction of the State of the Union that she posted on Twitter? Mm, no. Okay. Uh, let me give you... First, she started out by saying she thought that it was a very pedestrian speech that Trump gave. Uh, and then she had a few what more... What does that mean? What is a very pedestrian it's speech? A, it's a cute talking point. I mean, I don't know that... Uh, you, I mean... Watch this clip and tell me if you think that she knows what anything means that she's saying. <laughs> it also didn't address any of the critical issues we have. There was no talk of climate change. There was no acknowledgement oh, of mm-hmm. the federal employees um, that he just disrupted. Um, for 35 days for no reason. There was no conversation about the shutdown or things that we need to do in the future to avoid a shutdown. There was no apology to the American people. Um, It was uh, a parade of American heroes um, that he sort of used to manipulate the American people. That may be what she was thinking when she was looking up and just applauding like this. She may have just been thinking these are American heroes that are just being manipulated by this guy. 
Well, first of all, somebody needs to get this girl some chapstick because her lips were super <laughs> duper dry. That was really? all I, yeah, I could not stop in the whole thing. It's like her lips are so dry. <laughs> what about her leg? How is her leg that high? That's like, <laughs> she's incredibly flexible. It's a very provocative sitting stance for a Muslim woman. I'll it just is. leave it at that. Yeah. No, it really is. I believe, you know Ye- I believe you're stoned in Yemen for that, I believe. Mm. I, you know what? I, I, that's what I thought too. Yeah. I didn't have the balls to say it. But <laughs> or you were, sm- we or you were smart enough not I mean, to. Yeah, I know. If you're if you're wearing the head garb, uh, that's yeah. a very uh, interesting position. She's not because she couldn't be holding a pillow, could she? I kind of feel no, like a, no. That's, right. that's her. No, no that's she her was leg. wearing red. Look, white that's the, that's her her knee she with was the little crease. White, but then she had a red sweater underneath her white thing and the blue headscarf. She looked so American. It was like an American flag. <laughs> I wanted to watch, I wanted to eat apple pie. I mean, but I just, it was so hard for me to, uh, you know, ha- like swallow her saying he didn't talk about the critical issues. So the critical issues are not infanticide that's going on in the United States that, you know, um, most of the left at least the lawmakers are latching onto. He talked about, you know, child sex trafficking. He talked about drugs coming in, you know, from the border. Mm-hmm. He talked about these, all these things, but those aren't the critical issues. But we should be focused on federal workers who were out of work for 35 days. And still got paid. <laughs> right. And, still got, pa- and right. still got paid. I mean, it, it just blows my mind. Yeah. I, and I, climate change, which we're all going to die from in 12 years. It's coming any day. Um, I would love to get your, your opinion on this, Steve, because I, we, Glad and I talked about this earlier today. Uh, the one thing I will say, if I could be a little pessimistic on this, on, on oh, the, by all means, speech, that's why I'm coming to you. Now I finally feel welcome here. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, I know what Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is offering the country. Mm-hmm. I know what Omar is, is is offering the country. They're offering fifty, sixty, seventy trillion dollars in new spending and programs and the Green New Deal and and you know Medicare for all and college for all and guaranteed jobs for all. I understand that. What are we offering? I know what we got from Trump the other night, and I didn't think it was a bad speech, but, like, the border's bad, and we need to fix it. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, uh, you know, these laws that are coming out that, that the left is doing on abortion, they're really bad, and we need to stop them. Yeah, no, that's true. But where are our bold ideas? Like, there is nothing that I can see there other than, hey, they're doing crazy things, and we need to stop it, which is important. But where are things that are like, hey, here's your 5% flat tax. Like, hey, here's the term limits. Here's something that is at least somebody could get excited Reaching. about up there. What's happened to the right and the Republican Party, which aren't always the same thing, but what's happened is Reagan's big tent, I think we've watched devolve into what I call a big tarp. And there's a difference between a tent and a tarp. You know, a tent is a place where you can live, right? In the Old Testament, we read about the Israelites lived in tents for years, okay? Lord lived in a tent, technically speaking, okay? So a tent has stakes, holds it, so it has a foundation that is set in the ground, it may, it may, you know, get a little flimsy in the middle, but it's firmly entrenched in something solid. Uh, you, it's, it can be a habitat, a dwelling. A tarp is a sanctuary. A tarp's what you put over the field when it's going to rain, so the thing doesn't get muddy. Mm-hmm. A tarp is where you go to escape exterior conditions. And so what's happened is these two Americas I talked about earlier, the left America gets control. And the left of America is really good. All this, this motley crew, menagerie of worldviews, Randian libertarians, Friedman libertarians, Reagan conservatives, Goldwater conservatives, uh, moderates, old school liberals like a James Woods, okay? All these people come together and say, we don't want to be communists. And so they're really good at uniting together and saying no. So what happens is they all get under the tarp while the Democrat acid rain is hitting, is coming from the heavens. When the, when the sky's clear, 
and the Democrats are defeated. Now it's time to come out and affirmatively govern, right? To come out from underneath the tarp. Suddenly, the person, that, the, some of those old lines, the person who's my 80% friend isn't my 20% enemy, Reagan, you say it all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, go look at the Liberty scores at Conservative Review. Kamala Harris is at 21% right now. That's her Liberty score at Conservative Review. Lindsey Graham's at 28%. Right? Her liberty score is higher than Peter King, the congressman from New York. Devin, this is my favorite one. Devin Nunez, who has made a career out of shilling for Trump on the Russian collusion story, okay? Yeah. His liberty score is like 27%. He screws his base on every issue that matters, but he's really good calling Robert Mueller names, and so everybody thinks he's a conservative and Ben Sass is a rhino, all right? Yeah. And so what happens is when all these people now come out from underneath the tarp, they can't, they can't agree. They all agree on how they don't want to live. They cannot form a governing coalition on, therefore, here's how now shall we live. And so you get the president saying uh, they shouldn't execute little babies and then say, let's have uh, you know, family medical leave paid for. Uh, let's cut taxes, but let's have massive infrastructure spending. And it just becomes this hodgepodge of trying. There's no coercive or there's no cohesive worldview. There's just an attempt to just, you know, flagellate a bunch of issues together. They get enough of these people to say, yes, let's do that. You can't govern that way. This party can't govern. It's the greatest opposition party in the history of Western civilization. It is the worst governing party in the history of Western civilization. It can't govern. Mm. Um, Steve, what do you make of the, all of the, the women in white who were there uh, who refused to clap? Some of them were Latina, Sauron originally, right? Sauron originally wore white. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. Um, you know, some of them were, you know, uh, POCs, mm-hmm. as the left likes to call them, people of color. And they sat there and they did not clap for low rates of unemployment um, for African-Americans, for Hispanics, for people of color. These are good things that they should be proud of. And they sat there and they were they looked mad about it. And the only time that they stood up and cheered was when they said women Um, and that we were we were bringing more women into the workforce. We had more jobs for women. They cheered for themselves. They cheered for themselves. It was completely self-serving. And I don't know what it looked like on television, but what I saw in the chamber was sickening. It was egotistical. I mean, the only thing that didn't happen, and and it's so horrible, this, this what I'm about to say, that I'm surprised it didn't happen, is they didn't play... Uh, cool in the gang celebration during it because it was all celebrate good time. It was a bad cheesy commercial when they were when they were all cheering like that. It was ugly. It was ugly. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, again, they're cheering for themselves. Yep. Yeah. But like, you can make an argument uh, that's relatively coherent that the be- the beginnings of these gains for all of these groups did happen under Barack Obama mm-hmm. a big chunk of it the you know it, it, fundamental the, transformation no i'm saying as far as the like gains of with the employment and and the positive oh, economic okay. news did start under obama it hasn't accelerated under trump it's continued under trump that's to trump's credit at some level and it's to obama's credit at some level but they could rationally come out and say yes they, these things have happened but we give more credit to obama right like they could totally say that uh, they don't though they because donald trump is saying it's a good thing 
now you have to think it's a bad thing, which is why we have a, a mainstream media that is suddenly so pro-free trade, which I have never seen in my entire lifetime until How about pro-Intel chiefs? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they I'm, love I, Intel I'm, chiefs. I'm old enough to remember watching you on Fox, and, and we're being told that Bush uh, lied uh, and people died because he listened to the Intel chiefs about WMDs in Iraq, yeah, right. and now all of a sudden, if Trump is skeptical of the of the Intel chiefs <laughs> on that Iran is, is not gone warm and fuzzy, uh, this this just breaks all norms. Yeah. I mean, right, we, we well, can't have any. We can of get this. them on the our side for the entire Cold War, but now they're skeptical of Russia. <laughs> yes, it's incredible. I mean, really, I've never seen it's anything. It's because like they're it. a hostile country. Oh. If you watch wh- the way Whoopi Goldberg went after Ocasio Cortez a few weeks ago on the View. That was, that was, hey, you're getting uppity, honey. Mm-hmm. Hey, we can't, it, it, essentially she was saying, we need to continue to sell the, the uh, intersectionality undercoating to the American people. They will not buy the Swedish jalopy yet. You are naive <laughs> and you're naive thinking, oh, yeah, I think they'll want to buy the Swedish jalopy. And, whoop, and it, you saw Chuck Schumer get up and applaud when, when Trump said we'll never be a socialist country. Schumer got up and applauded that. See, they're having an existential debate on their side, too. But it's not a debate about who they are. It's a debate about how fast and how honest to be about getting there. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're debating generationally the rate of speed. Over here in what's left of America, we are really debating, well, okay, once we're done beating these guys, let's say we can even do that, what would we do then instead? How, what, what, what would a free market healthcare system actually look like? Do we even know what the answer to that question is? No, the answer to that was no. They have no yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, I, I will tell you that um, they are, at least Ocasio-Cortez is wicked smart. During that awful scene of... Oh, that's sure? a controversial statement. Are you sure? We need to hold it when it comes to wait a minute, wait a minute. On that one. <laughs> she, is wicked, she, she is wicked intuitive on media and yeah. social media. Okay. okay? I think that's different smart. than smart. Yeah, she, but she is, she's got that nailed. I watched her when they were doing the cool in the gang moment. She did not do it. Everybody else was doing high fives and, you know... Uh, slapping each other and laughing and, and, you know, whooping it up and, oh, look at me. She didn't. She was in the front row, and when that all started, she stood up like a commercial. <laughs> she turned around and she looked at all the women that were acting like that, and she never did it. And she just looked, and she looked back, like, towards the camera. She was brilliant, she let the chaos and the stupidity happen around her, and she looked almost regal. I, she looked like the leader of it in control of a bunch of, you know, boobs. I will say, I don't know at what point this happened, but I did see a little gif, gif, whatever you want to call it, on the internet of her missing a high five with someone <laughs> above her. Oh, that's satisfying. So, I don't know at what point that was, yeah. but she did try to high five someone. She just missed horribly (laughs) for whatever that's worth Uh, all right gentlemen thank you for being here steve will be here for tomorrow's show to make make sure to tune in for that and we will see you guys tomorrow thanks for watching Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.